Hi, welcome to the Antseeds Podcast. Today is going to be a little bit different. I don't have a reading to do today. Um, I'm not feeling that in my spirit today. But I have been thinking a lot about crisis and the work we have to do to get out of crisis. And how hard it can be when you don't have, you know, a unified group to combat it. So one of my favorite things to do when I'm thinking about, you know, big picture things like the world or, you know, like a whole country or community, I, I kind of compare it to the microcosm of my, my life, my family. Um, I have a lot of personal crisis going on right now, too, for the last couple of months that I'm trying to work through. And and so it's a, it's a good time, and a, it makes it sense that I'm sitting here contemplating all of these things. I'm outside, so there's probably going to be some noises. Someone just started their lawnmower. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I, one of the things that I am trying to do to help me through my personal crisis that has impacted my family right now is to kind of take back control of my home and to make it mine because a lot of times what happens when you are in an oppressive situation um, you kind of lose ground due to depression due to and an ability to make the changes that you need to under the circumstances that you live. And, you know, when you're talking about a family and in a home, that can look a lot of different ways. And for me, it looked like, uh, you know, a dirty house and a house and home that didn't reflect me at all. One of the things that my friends say is when they walk into the house they didn't understand it because it didn't look like me at all it didn't look like anything represented or representing how they saw me as a person and you know and that's correct that's one of the things that you know in my in my life everything about my house was about somebody else it was about making someone else comfortable it was about Um, I mean, even the state of my house where, you know, the corners are dirty, everything's dirty. (laughs) It was about not making the other people that lived in the house, my kids, um, at my, at the time husband, not making them uncomfortable by requiring the cleanliness that I so desired. So... You know, there's a lot of there's a lot to it, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm completely innocent. You know, everybody can make a mess, but I know something about myself, and I know when I'm depressed, and when I have a lot of anxiety, and when I feel powerless, I'm not trying to clean up after other people. I'm not trying to do anything for anyone else if they aren't going to help me do it. And so my house reflected that, and I think about the fights that are going on in the world right now over Black Lives Matter. Um, 
which is a very personal issue to me and and to so many other black people it it's just one of the things that I hear all the time is you know we have to solve you know black on black crime we have you know black people aren't doing for themselves you know this is these are narratives that are just kind of around and you know without invalidating some of the truths behind it it's really hard to do the things that you need to do to bring your community up when you are constantly being torn down and you know there's a lot of really good uh, resources and you know videos and, and so forth being put out about that right now and, and it's so true and so when I look at to understand those things I look at my house and I look at how now I'm in crisis now I'm trying to repair damage that has been done in my home uh, mental emotional damage um, and I'm taking back my home I got rid of all my you know disgusting furniture the things that were dirty but also the things that were mentally challenging for me like I had this big couch and I got rid of it and it was so freeing to do because it it was a physical representation of some of the clutter and hurt and harm that had been ha- that had happened to me in my mind or that had happened to me emotionally this couch had become a physical representation of that and so every time I would walk into the living room I'd see this couch and it would just make me feel sad and so it got to the point where I avoided that room altogether so now I'm reclaiming spaces in my house that I haven't really enjoyed in, you know, since I've been here. I bought my own furniture. You can walk into the house and you can see me now. And I'm making a statement to the other people that live in the house as well by doing that, by taking care of myself and by saying no more. This is, you know, we're not doing this oppressive stuff anymore. This is my place too. I provide so much to keep this place. I am going to be recognized. My authority here will be recognized. My autonomy here will be recognized. I am taking this space back. I'm claiming this space back. And that is what I see going on in the United States in particular, all over the United States. You know, black people are just tired. They're tired of waiting for people to, white people specifically, to give them their rights. Well, it's not something for them to give. They are rights. So they are theirs. So black people are asking. They're not asking. They're saying very loudly. They're, they're yelling. They're saying, no more. You're not going to infringe upon my rights. You're not going to treat me as though I am nothing. You are going to recognize my humanity and you are going to give me the same consideration that you give white people, you know, to the police officers were saying this. And, 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 and even in the bigger picture, not just with the police officers, with everything, I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing black businesses are thriving and I'm seeing people promoting black businesses. And I mean, it's, 
it's really remarkable. And to me, that's very similar to me taking back my house. It's, it's people just finally saying, you know what? I'm tired of making money for all of these companies run by white people and making money for them and building up their communities and building up their infrastructures when it does not benefit me. I am not afforded the same. I don't get to keep the same amount of resources. So I'm not doing it anymore. And people are, black people are tired of it and they're taking back their house. They're saying no more. And that's where I am too. And one of the things that I've noticed as I go through the process of taking back my space is the resistance that I'm getting. So the other people that live in my house are my children. They're all teenagers. The youngest is a preteen. And it's very interesting to see how they can see the efforts of my labor. They can see the new furniture. They can see the clean house, the clean living room, the clean bathroom, the clean, everything's clean. Um, and when they walk in and they walk out, they leave a trail behind them. Like just, it's, it's ridiculous. It's unreal. And I think today I kind of realized that part of it is a resistance to change. You know, even though they benefit from the, the changes that I'm making in the house, it's more comfortable, it's cleaner, it's, you know, it smells nice, it, you know, all of the things that they benefit, it's easier to get around in, it's easier to find something to eat, um, you know, today I'm focusing on cleaning up the kitchen that they have absolutely trashed, that I have avoided for uh, at least two months now, I haven't even gone in there, um, and they've trashed it. Well, today I'm, I'm focusing on cleaning that. And they see the effort I'm making. And then rather than lending me a helping hand and helping me, you know, improve our home, they're mad. They don't want to do it. They don't want me to make the changes that, you know, they like the changes, but they're not going to help me maintain the cleanliness. And they, and they show me that by leaving their stuff laying all around. They show me that by, um, you know, when they walk through, I swear to God, they like, they like just shed paper and, and, and just little crumbs and bits and things every time they walk through there's like a mess on the carpet I have to clean up from just like dust or I don't know one of my daughters has this faux leather jacket that she's kind of distressed and stuff and so now little pieces of it are flaking off onto the floor um every time they sit on the couch there's crumbs whether they eat or not and it's like the most infuriating thing I'm working so hard and with and they walk through and it's like I have to spend another 20 minutes tidying up after them (laughs) and it's like and then but but if I tell them no come clean up your own mess immediately right now it's a fight and it's attitude and it goes on and so it's just this continuous push and pull and the the more progress I make um the easier it becomes because they're getting used to the changes I made before and they're getting used to the fact that everything is changing in my home daily, you know, like 
every change that I make, they're getting used to just the, the state of change that is happening in the house. And so they're not um, as angry about it, but they do become more leery because I've let them know that I'm, I'm cleaning the whole house. And eventually once I get the common areas clean, I'm going to start in on the not common areas, the, the space that I allow them to occupy that they have destroyed. I'm going to go in and make repairs and I'm going to go in and change paint and flooring and, and, you know, all the things that I need as a homeowner to keep maintained and they're nervous about it and they don't want it. So they're willing to stop my progress on everything else, no matter how it may benefit them, just so they don't have to change, regardless of the fact that they actually want the change. They want their rooms to be better. They just don't want me to come in and change it, but they're unwilling to change it themselves. And I, I can't even think of a better metaphor for that that, or analogy for, for what's going on in this country than that. It's like, you know, I've got one daughter who doesn't see the value of having a clean room. I've got one daughter who does, but is so dejected by how hard it was to keep clean when she had the pets down in her room all the time. And I've got one daughter who she does see the value, but she just doesn't want to put the effort in. And and that is just so like the country right now. And, And then there's me. And I'm saying, I don't. This is not how we're going to do this anymore. So change is coming. And it's not up to you to say no to me because no is not on the table. No is not a response I'm hearing. So you can either decide to work with me or you can decide to be go against me but if you're going to go against me it is going to be a fight and I'm going to win this fight and I feel like that's where the country is right now too um because black people are like no we're done we're done we're not doing this anymore we're not going to allow you the police officers to continue to kill people indiscriminately just because they can and they will get away with it we are going to change this and you have a choice We're going to clean this house. You can join me or we can fight about it, but I'm going to win. And you know why? Because black people have more at stake. Yes, white people have change um, that they're going to have to contend with. But by and large, their lives really aren't going to be any different. But black people's will And we are going to be victorious in this. I just, you know, I just feel it. Just like in my my home, I'm going to be victorious. And it's not just about me. Like in the country that we live in, it's not just about me. It is about the whole house. It's for the better good, the greater good. It's for the benefit of everybody to have equality in this country. It is to the benefit of everybody not to have a white supremacist structure. It benefits white people not to be white supremacists, right? So, and I look at my little microcosm and it, and it benefits everybody in the household to follow the lead 
of the head of household, in this case is me, right? As long as the head of household is making good decisions, is looking out for the betterment of the family, you know, if they're making selfish decisions for their own personal gain, you know, then it's fair for questions. And that's where we've lived in this country for so long. We've had so many people making decisions for the whole entire country based on their own personal gain or the gain of their their very personal um, associates or uh, you know the family, their their specific community, their family, their friends. And they're just willing to, to just treat everybody any kind of way. Uh, all, everybody else, any kind of way, just to maintain the status quo of their supremacy, of their, you know, of their perceived supremacy. So, I don't know. I, I'm, you know, I tend to sit and contemplate a lot of systems and cycles and just the way things are happening. And I think that, you know, we have these cycles where somebody gets killed and then, we protest and then it goes away by Christmas. Everyone's just focused on something else. Well, now COVID-19 has created a whole new environment where people are tuned in more because what else are they going to do? People are becoming more educated. I think we're at an all time high of how many uh, white people are more educated and understanding better how they need to be allies and how to do that. Um, I think that black people are more educated than ever about the 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 systems that oppress and what that oppression looks like and what the nature of that. Because believe it or not, you know, not all black people are the same person. A lot of people like to think they are, but no, I mean the black community is just as every bit as varied as the white community. So as any community. And so, you know, we have people that need to learn. I needed to learn. I didn't know I was in my forties before I started understanding the intricacies of racism and and the structures in this country and how they functioned and how they, you know, continue are built to inherently and continuously Um, oppress anybody who isn't white specifically white male heterosexual white men Uh, that's what these systems that's who are they are built to protect so and then anybody that they deem worthy of protection is secondarily protected you know what I'm saying so I don't know today I'm working on my kitchen um, I'm thankful that it is a small kitchen. <laughs> it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of elbow grease to get to the standards that I want it to be at. Um, and this is my own little personal fight in my home. And then to maintain it is going to be a fight. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see how that process works. And, and just to see how it parallels what's happening, you know, once you get the kitchen clean, once the United States gets people to actually start making laws um, about how police officers are not allowed to just kill people, that they have to try to bring in their, their, um, the people they're apprehending, first of all, you know, better rules around who they are apprehending, and then, 
you got to bring those people in alive. And then when you have them, we're going to keep them alive. We're going to treat them with, with, you know, in a way that is humane and, and, and we're going to see their humanity. We're going to understand and we're going to keep them safe while they are detained. And we're going to live up to our expectations of due process. And we're not going to do things slowly, keep people in prison when they shouldn't be just because they don't have money to get themselves out. You know, there's like a whole bunch of things that have to change. Um, and once we win that, once we win the argument and we we see the change and we vote in the elect- elected officials that are going to make the change, what happens then once we start seeing that? There's always going to be those people that are going to try to revert it. I mean, we, we saw... Donald Trump get into office and systematically undo as many things that Obama, the Obama administration had put forth as he could. If it was tied to Barack Obama in any way, he he was trying to undo it. And so there's always going to be those people that are going to try to undo it, like maliciously try to undo it, um, undo the, the change and the progress that we've made. And then there's going to be those people who aren't maliciously trying to undo it they just are ignorantly trying to undo it and then the people that just are going to allow it to happen they're just not going to stand in the way because it's none of their business right it doesn't impact them so who cares so how are we going to maintain the changes once they happen how are we going to prevent people from coming in and undoing that work because I think that part of the problem is that we can manage to get legislation passed that you know that has protections for black people and for minority people but then people come back and they they either undo or they pass a new legislation that hinders the progress that we've made with you know the laws that we have passed so it's just really interesting and it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes um and then finally, I think about the mental impact of these struggles. And again, when I look at the microcosm, there are days where I'm just tired. I'm tired of, you know, busting my ass to, to fix the things that need to be fixed in my house. I don't have the skill for some of it, so I'm having to shell out money that I don't really have and don't really want to spend. <laughs> but if I want this place to be a safe place for me this is what I have to do and there's some days I'm just tired and I don't want to do it and I don't because it's not in me and I just can't do it and there are some days that I wake up and I'm so energized I get so much done it's unbelievable and then days like today where I had a really nice you know few days the kids were with their granny. They were gone. And I was just able to relax and just be in the moment. And every time I walked into my house, it was exactly the way I had left it, which is huge for me. Like that, just that alone gives me such a sense of peace. And the second they came home, I came downstairs after they they came home and they all just kind of went into the rooms and I was looking around my first level and there was stuff 
everywhere that they had left. They brought in and just kind of chucked anywhere that they could. (laughs) And it was so infuriating and dejecting. And it's like, do they not see the work? Do they they not understand? I'm telling them what I'm doing. Do they not get it? Or is it that they just don't care? And it's such a mind boggle and it's so hurtful and it just makes it that much harder to energize to do the work that I need to do because you know if if they're just going to walk behind me there's four of them one of me I mean three of them one of me and if they're just going to walk behind me every day and screw everything that I've done up every time I get started I have to clean up their messes first and then get back to my projects and it is so disheartening and makes it so hard to keep going so hard and again it feels like a parallel to what's going on in the United States you know people have been fighting for these rights and for this consideration for generations for literal generations for hundreds of years And here we are in 2020 and we still are treated as though we're nothing. You know, people, black people get pulled over for routine traffic stops and end up dead. Like, I can't even wrap my brain around that. Like, it just, it's like, how is that possible that we still this is still something that we have to worry about. It's disgusting. It's terrible. Um, It's absolutely crazy. And, you know, I heard uh, somebody that I listened to on Instagram, she calls it an illness that that this whiteness is an illness. Um, And I I absolutely understand what she's saying, because so many people they can't see and they don't understand so many white people just don't get it and they don't want to get it and they're okay with it you know and they're doing everything in their power to blame the victim and to put their head in the sand so that they don't see the the causes the actual issues that have created the situations that we're fighting against and see their complete, you know, how they benefit from those structures and um, how them not speaking up and accepting all of the little benefits that they get, you know, by putting their money into those things, how they are complicit in the, the perpetuation of all of these things. And just to see my community, like how, I, you know, when I talk to my friends and family who are black just the tiredness it's just it's like a community community tiredness just people are just weary they're just weary they're just like how many times do we have to say it how many times do we have to demand it why do we even have to be in this situation at this day and age you know, it was messed up that it was this way to begin with, but that we're still here and everybody is just tired, but yet people still get up and fight.
And that says something that should tell, you know, all of the white people that are are trying to go against it. That should tell you something, you know, maybe you're not in the right on this. So I don't know. This is just a lot, um, a lot going on. Add COVID to this stuff. And it's, it's just like, holy moly. I just can't even. It's hard to fathom how everybody just kind of keeps going. And that just is a testament to humankind in general. That we just, it's human nature just to kind of keep going. And here we are. We're just, we're just going to keep going. And we're going to fight the fights that need to be fought. And we're just going to keep it going. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a, a hint from my community for my ancestors you know that fought for the abolition of slavery and then those that fought for the abolition of the Jim Crow laws and those that fought all of the all of my ancestors and all of my family that were participated in those things I'm just going to take a page out of their book and I'm just going to keep going and keep fighting Um, on my personal level and on the larger level for the United States and for my community. I don't know how because right now I'm not feeling the protests. Uh, I have to take care of these kids and they're just a little too dangerous for me right now. If something happens to me, you know, it's real questionable what happens to my my kids. So I got to think about that and so many of us do. And I feel like um, protesting is a young person's game anyway. And, you know, I was, I was sitting with a friend and he shared with me something that a friend of his told him that made a lot of sense. And, of course, I'm paraphrasing here. But basically, it, it, he, he was talking about how a fight as big as, you know, civil rights is a generational thing. And there are generational jobs, right? So the young people go and they get out in the streets and they, and they protest and they, you know, they make a scene and they really just put it in the public eye. And then the people who are a little bit older in my age group, you know, I'm not in my 20s, I'm in my 40s now, but the people who are young are out there making the organizations and protesting and doing all of that in their 20s their late teens 20s and 30s and then when you hit your 40s and maybe your knees don't work so well anymore and you can't be put in jail because you have obligations that um you have to be there for like children family taking care of elder parents um you know, just trying to maintain your household by going to work every day. You know, those sorts of things that jail tends to interrupt. When we're in there, our job is to fund the movements. Our job is to do, you know, the calling and the letters and the, you know, all of the things that you can't, that you can do without having to go out into the streets to do them. You're, you're having meetings with elected officials. You're... Um, reaching out and educating the community and you are you're active in other ways than putting yourself on the line like you know in in, in poten- with potential for going to jail um, and then there's you know other roles when when you get older we didn't talk about the roles that people who are even older can do 
Um, but you know, just the, sitting here thinking about it, it, it's like telling the stories, relaying the information, making sure the younger generations understand. You know, while the parent, the parent age groups are, are you know, putting the money in, t- making the meetings, calling the people, writing letters, doing that. And while their older siblings are out protesting, the grandparents are home with the younger sibling, the younger children teaching them and, and educating them on truth. And I don't know, maybe that's their role. I don't know. I have to think about it more, but um, maybe somebody in that age group can contribute. What do you think it is? I don't know. So I don't know. Today was just I had some things on my mind. I wanted to to talk about them. I don't know if I said anything wrong or if I said anything right. It's just flow of consciousness right now today. Um, my intention for today is to just get this damn kitchen clean. It's not even that bad. I've been working on it a little at a time. And so now it's just very much uh, scrubbing the floor uh, reorganizing everything because I don't know what it is about teenagers they have this like innate inability to put anything back where they got it from so everything is in chaos I don't know where anything is because where it's supposed to be is not where it is and whatever wherever it is supposed to be something else is there so um, just getting that back in order and um, the, the fridge is already clean I'm very proud of my fridge right now and um, just cleaning out the microwave, you know, like all that stuff, wipe it down the everything, all the surfaces. And, um, basically I'm just getting it clean so that I can paint these cupboards and paint these walls. Actually, I'm going to put wallpaper, uh, and I'm just going to continue taking my house back and claiming my authority in my home. And I hope that my community, my black community does the same you know, keep preparing this country, keep working on taking back your authority and your humanity and your autonomy. It's not about even taking back humanity. It's about demanding that those in power see it. You're not going to ignore us anymore. We're taking our house back and we're preparing it for the way it will be in the future. And and the way it will be in the future is that it will serve us all. Not just black people, not just white people, but it is going to serve us all. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Anyway, set a good intention today. Keep up the good fight. Self-care is more important now than any other time. Um, You know, don't forget about your COVID processes. Keep yourself safe. Keep others safe. Have a good day. Peace.